So I'm not a big fan of the term avatar or ICA or even target market. And I understand them and I get it. It's, you know, shorthand language and it's easy and we all kind of understand it. But I actually think it's dangerous. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. It's Emily Reagan. I'm so glad to have you here listening to Unicorns Unite. Every week I try to bring you podcast episodes that will help you in your freelancer business. And every other week I try to have other guests, other freelancers to guests teach about what they do and explain how they built their businesses and really to help you build your network. You can see how other people are building a unique business based on their zone of genius, their talent. They're all carving out unique and interesting niches. There's so many opportunities online, and I hope you walk away feeling inspired to find that special thing, that special sauce, that unique selling proposition for yourself and unique services you can offer. Today, I have Denise Cornell, who is just going to add to all of those options. What she does is so unique, and I've worked with her in a one-to-one basis, and I couldn't wait to bring her on the show and for you to gain insight from her. She is an ideal customer expert. This is a hot buzzword in the online marketing realm. It's basically a word for your ideal client. She helps entrepreneurs boost their sales by pinpointing exactly who they're trying to sell to and why that person is buying. She has such a unique story about how she got started, how she found her niche. She's been doing this for a while. She has experience in tech startups, online marketing, and it feels so good for her to have found that thing that je ne sais quoi that she's really good at. So she's learned that no matter what industry, the product or the budget, The thing that's critical to your bottom line is knowing your customer. This applies to you as a freelancer, of course, but this is also imperative to the work you're doing, the digital services you're offering in your work. Your clients are struggling to figure out their ideal customer, and this is where you can help. And I'm not saying you're going to walk away from this episode being an expert, but you're going to learn a ton from her, and it's going to help you stand out. Because as a unicorn VA, as a unicorn digital service provider, you can step up with the ICA research and the data collection to help your clients learn more about their ideal clients. And when your client understands, they can market better, they sell more, you become crucial to the team, everyone wins. You serve more people, everyone wins. Without further ado, here is the interview with Denise. Have Denise Cornell here. She's an ICA research expert that I've recently hired and worked with to help nail down my own ICA. And she's going to tell us all about this world. So if you don't know what that means, don't worry. But Denise, please introduce yourself. Tell everyone where you live and a little bit about your business. 
Sure. So, uh, hi, I'm Denise, and I am coming to you from now sunny Austin, Texas. It was very rainy this morning, and we get grumpy about rain here. So, glad to see the sun shining. And, oh gosh, a little bit about my business. I'll keep it simple because I will hit all of this as we go, but I am an ideal customer expert, and we will dig right into what all that means. But the short of it is, I help business owners boost their sales by understanding who they're selling to and why that person wants what they're selling. Really simple, deceptively simple, but ridiculously powerful. Oh, it's so important. I've seen this happen a ton with clients that I've worked with. It's hard to move forward in this online business world if you don't have this first part nailed down. And I've seen a lot of people skip it not do it, the unclear. And then there's people like me who we go back to it and need to refine it as we get along in business and go down that road. So this is so important. Denise, would you tell everyone how you got into this world? Because it's such a unique niche and service that you provide. And I think it gives everyone such hope for carving out a business of their own passions and talents and things they find they're good at. So I would love to hear how you got to this place. Okay. Um, just remember everyone, she asked this question. Okay. <laughs> it is, um, I'm going to try to make it really short and sweet, but it can't be super short because it's a long story. And I think that's actually part of the beauty of it is that it is a long story. I have been doing this for a very long time. Gosh, 25 years now. It's something ridiculous. Let's start here. I spent about 10, 12 years in the world of tech startups. And I mean, like the roller coaster of being a tiny little team to your first paying customer, to venture capital money, to growing the business, to going public, and the intense consequences of either making or missing your quarterly earnings as a publicly traded company. And during that time, it was for three different companies, and I wore many, many hats, but always the work was about customer-focused programs to either drive sales or customer retention, or usually a combination of both. And I loved it. I mean, the intensity, the highs, the lows, the hours, I loved every single bit of it. Software might be like my one true love. <laughs> It really might be my one true love. But then I walked away. Like I just cold turkey, I resigned. And I moved to another country for a year and basically took like a year-long vacation and then came back to Austin and started a family. So it was from one extreme to another. And about five years into this whole like mom business, I through this weird series of twists and turns, I started a boutique wedding photography company, which <laughs> was really the most bizarre right turn possible. Uh, I don't know a thing about photography. My business partner was the talent behind the camera, and I became the, you know, I was the behind the scenes person doing all the marketing and all the operations. But here's where it got really interesting because during this time, this is when the internet was exploding. And so this is where I learned firsthand by a lot of trial and error, all things digital marketing. I mean, from 
content creation, list building, to writing sales copy, the difference between, you know, what makes okay copy and what makes like really great sales copy and that there's a difference between copy and sales copy. Sales copy is about attracting and converting, you know, lookers to buyers and all of that. And let me tell you, this was a huge learning curve for me coming from what I thought was really great experience in marketing and sales. And it was, but it was in business to business, enterprise sales, translating that to a consumer facing business, and especially the highly emotional wedding industry. It was like I was starting all over again, which may have been the best thing ever because it forced me to learn everything new. It was like starting over. And, you know, there were and probably still are, I don't know, approximately five gazillion wedding photographers in our market. (laughs) So it was immediately obvious to me that, look, we were going to need to know exactly who we were for and who we were not for, that we had a really small customer base. And the only way we were going to survive among all that noise of all these other photographers is to know who that base was and just focus on them and only them. So basically our ideal customer, but I didn't have that language yet. That was not language that I knew. Okay. So fast forward, we did this for about 10 years and then sort of as these things happened, it was very, um, it happened very, how do I want to say easily? This wasn't like, we decided, my business partner, I decided that we wanted to do new things. And it was just like, hey, I'm kind of tired of doing this. She's like, yeah, I'm kind of tired of doing this. Let's let's go do our own things. And so in 2017, we closed the business. Now, during this 10 years I've been doing this, I had kept, remember my first true love, I had kept one foot in this old world of doing consulting projects for startups. And these were really broad marketing engagements looking at kind of the entire customer journey. And so once the photography business closed, I started to ramp up this consulting. And no matter what I was hired to do, no matter what the specific project was, I always started with the customer's point of view. And I realized that this had been the consistent theme through all of my work from the startups to the photography business and now to the consulting. And three things became really obvious to me pretty quickly is one, I was really, really good at the customer perspective. And that's a hard thing to say. I'll just say that right now. That's a hard thing to like say. I was like, I'm really good at this though. And two, it was my favorite part. It's like, that's where I wanted to spend all my time. And then three is that, and this was the most important one, is that when you start with that customer perspective, when you start with the customer, it changes everything. Like it changes your approach. It changes your mindset. It changes what you decide to do and not do, what tools you use, what tools you don't use. So it truly changes everything. And really the biggest thing that changes though, is that you start seeing those results on the back end for sales, engagement, traction, whatever it is that you're looking for. And then I just went all in. I said, 
this is what I want to do. I love the whole broad spectrum of marketing, but I love this part the most. And I think it's the part that's missing for so many people. I think it's powerful. And I just took a deep dive in. I spent a lot of time (laughs) putting in uh, just working and refining my process of looking at literally 25 years of work and saying, how have you approached this? What has worked and what hasn't worked over all these years? And refine, refine, refine and come up with what I call my ideal customer discovery method. So there you go. Long story, hopefully not too long, but that's, I mean, it's the winding road to what I love to do. Yeah. And you know, I love that type of story. Okay. First, my first burning question. Yes. What country did you go to for a year? Oh, to England. I moved to England to about 70 miles west of London. Okay. So did you go to London a lot? A lot. Yes. So I lived in a little town called Reading. Actually, it's a middle, medium-sized town. Lived in Reading and I didn't have a car, but of course there was a train to London and there were two, I think there were two express trains a day. If you could get them on the express trains, it was a 22 minute ride into London, which was perfect. Oh, that's awesome. I have fond memories of London. I, my parents lived in Brussels while I was in college. And I remember going with my mom, just going with my mom uh, on the channel and seeing some shows. We do the half price tickets. And yeah. So anyway, I love talking about like travel and that type of stuff. So that was fun. My other question for you is like, how did you know you were good at this? Like, how did you, did you just, I mean, maybe you had the results, but like, how did you really know like, this is it for you? You know, I think it's slowly, it either slowly happened or I'm slow on the uptake, one of the two, (laughs) or a combination of both. My first clue was it's where I love spending the most time. So where I was the most energized. And it is the part that was surprising my clients the most. So it's the thing that they weren't expecting me to do. So they were expecting me to come in with a marketing plan. And I said, whoa, we can't go there until we do this first. And so it's the thing that made them pause. And then it's the thing at the end that made them come back and say, whoa, that was like, how could we have ever done this without knowing that? Like, why weren't we always asking this question? And like my favorite, absolutely my favorite compliment always from a client, two things, actually. One is, how did you know that? And we've never thought of it that way. Like, those are my favorites. I was like, okay, the more of those I get, the more I got clued in, I'm onto something here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. First of all, that is like, kudos to you for finding that, that thing, that thing that lights you up and energizes you, like you said, because it's so easy to get sucked into like, saying yes to the things you don't really want to do just because you can do it. And I know so many people in my world are struggling with that. But then like once you recognize it, going all in with that. Well, I was going to say, and don't be afraid to say it. And I say that because I lived that. It took me about six, maybe nine months truly to step up and say and call myself an ideal customer expert. Like, I tried every way in the world not to say that. And I don't know why. It's just that mental 
that mental block. But the moment I did, like literally the moment I like stepped up and owned that, everything else became easier. I'm like, well, of course. Okay. Then this, it was like that guiding force of, okay, if you're an ideal customer expert, stop talking about everything else. Let's just talk about that. Let's just go there. It's that focus. That is so good. What, so what were you calling yourself before that? Who knows? Marketing this (laughs) or that or uh, nothing. Combinations (laughs) of generic words. (laughs) What made you even hire to do those things? Okay. I want to tell everyone a little bit of this story of like how you came into my world and just to paint the picture of how critical this process is. First of all, I work with Linda Sudu to do quiz funnels. And we get a lot of people who want to go all in with the quizzes because they know it's so good at building an email list and segmenting them. But what we find when we start with business owners, they don't have that part of their business figured out and they don't know who they're talking to. Sometimes they're, you know, haven't quite got their offers out the door. Like they're a little bit early on. And Linda and I were talking and she's like, I need to start sending people like, this is not what I do. I need to start sending people to Denise. And then she told me all about you. And I was like, booking her. <laughs> and it made, it made so much sense. So before you go all in with like the tech and the copywriting and the design, like you have to have this part of your business figured out. Who are you talking to? Who is this person, right? And where are they on their journey? And you have to have that figured out. And the rest, like you keep saying, becomes easier. Yeah. And it's hard. If you're talking to too many people at once, like you attract no one. I think we've all heard that saying. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. We now steer people your way for yes. this part of the business because it's so crucial. And I was uh, an ambassador inside Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy this last session. I had 4,000 students in it. Everybody gets stuck at this part. Everybody wants to skip this part. Everyone wants to fake this part. I want to. I've been on lots of calls with Linda where she'll be like a little bit of like the bad cop and she'll be like, you have to do this <laughs> to like our clients. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, she's harsh, but it's so true. It's so imperative because this directs all the next steps in your business. So how, what was it like for you to like go all in and get that first client just for this, this service? Like, how did you do that? Yeah. Okay. So one thing you should know about me is I'm never going to like try to make it look pretty. I'm just going to tell you the truth. And the truth is it was terrifying, like terrifying. And not just for the first one, but for the first handful of clients. And I still get that. Like, I mean, when I go to the reveal part of like showing someone their ideal customer profile, you know, this you've experienced this. I mean, my heart is beating because I'm like, I think this is great, but I don't know what, I don't know if they're going to get it. So, I mean, it's just hard. There's no other way around it. It's hard and you've got to, or for me personally, I just have to push through it and remind myself, you know what you're doing. It doesn't have to be perfect. This is an iterative process. You're not carving something in stone and remember, I'm always committed to, I'm committed to the client. So look, if for whatever reason, we don't hit a home run the first time, that's fine. Let's just keep at it. Like, it's not going to serve me if you haven't bought in a hundred percent to your ideal customer. So let's get you there. So I I hope that answers your question. Oh my gosh. That's such good mindset. I think it's so hard, especially when we are doing some of that creative work to put our end result out there for critique, 
for review, yes. for acceptance. I mean, yes. that's probably, I still hear that little voice in my head, like, oh, but there's probably someone who can do it better. I mean, there yeah. is, there are, hands down, there always is. So right. I think that's something we all battle every day. So you talked about your ICA discovery method. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. If you'll indulge me a little bit, I'm going to, I'm going to take the back road here because I think it's important to sort of do the level set up front because I do think that there's some confusion or misinformation about what ideal customer research is. So I'm going to start there if that's Good. okay. With yeah, you. no, I probably should have done that as an interviewer. No. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, stop me at any point to ask a question or whatever, but Okay, so what is ideal customer research or ideal customer discovery? The most simple answer is that your ideal customer is the person who wants and is happy to buy what you're selling. (laughs) Now, a slightly more nuanced answer is that your ideal customer is that sweet spot where your expertise, imagine three circles like that Venn diagram, your expertise your style, and your customer needs. And that ideal customer is where those overlap, that sweet spot there. And that sweet spot is a connection. Actually, it's the connection with your ideal customer. And it's that connection that moves somebody from uh, just looking to actually wanting what you're selling and buying what you're selling. You know, it's the reason that connection is the reason why they might buy from you instead of your competitor or why they buy or take action instead of doing nothing. Because, you know, sometimes we forget that our biggest competitor could be just the status quo. And that's a customer who's just not going to change what's happening. It's not going to change, not going to take any action. So we think about that connection. And one thing I want to say about that connection, which, you know, might get me kicked off the interview here, or maybe at least not ever get invited back. (laughs) But, okay, ideal customer avatar or ICA. We know that term, right? It's the most common term. Or sometimes folks will talk about their target market. So I'm not a big fan of the term avatar or ICA or even target market. And I understand them and I get it. It's, you know, shorthand language and it's easy and we all kind of understand it. But I actually think it's dangerous because. The moment you slap on those labels, you start to, in some way, dehumanize the person that you're selling to. And then everything that you create around that label, so whether that's your website copy or emails or whatever, it gets dehumanized a little too, maybe just one little word at a time, a little here, a little there. And it starts to create this like us versus them scenario. And it separates you from the customer. And that is the exact opposite of the connection that you're going for. And, you know, for me, this isn't about calling anyone out. The terms are not offensive in any way. But I do think that the language matters and it matters a lot. And so you'll hear me just say simply ideal customer, or sometimes I'll even say your people. And for me, that's just a reminder that 
the person I'm selling to is a living, breathing human being and not some target or mythical creature out there somewhere that I'm trying to go like conquer or what have you. So that's my sort of soapbox. (laughs) Before I step off that soapbox, I think the point is this, that we talked about all of the experience, you know, the 25 years in tech startups, wedding industry, online marketing, consulting, and no matter what? So across all those years, no matter the product, no matter the budget, the industry, whether I was selling to a Fortune 500 CTO or a soon-to-be bride, the one thing that they all had in common was that every single sale started with the connection. And, you know, attracting, how do I want to say this? Attracting your ideal customer, it's not an accident. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't magically come to you through osmosis or whatever. It's about finding and exploiting that connection. And, you know, not in some like backroom sleazy kind of way, but it's just about being human. That's my soapbox for, <laughs> I <like that. laughs> for ideal customer. <laughs> I think it's especially important these days with uh, marketing. As you and I know, we're deep in this business. It just gets so sleazy and inauthentic mm-hmm. so quickly. So this is a, was a really good reminder about that. And it's not just Oh, how do I even see that? You're it, it, it's a human soul, <laughs> you know. Right. You're you're talking to people, and I think that's a good reminder because we get so caught up in that sometimes. Even as like a business owner, you're caught up in the numbers when it's not about that. It's, it is about that connection. That's at the heart of everything. Uh, yeah, and you know. I don't think that it's. Um, I don't think that it is intentional. I don't think that we no. set out to do that, but it is so easy to get like distracted by and caught up in all the shiny tools, all that is available to us. I mean, because my gosh, is so exciting. I mean, truly like the number of tools that we have available to us now, more than we've ever had. Like we've, our toolbox is just exploding with these fabulous things. But, you know, at the end of the day, all of those tools and tactics are going to fail or just mediocre at best results if you don't actually know who you're trying to connect to, what you're actually using them for, who you're trying to make that connection with. So it's just that reminders, putting that human element back into it. And, you know, that's why we all started, right? We all started our business because we were really good at something or we're really excited about something. And we just wanted to connect that with the right people. And You get into the day-to-day, you get into the numbers, you get into the analytics of it all, and it's easy to forget, oh, I just want to get my thing to the right people. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the people who are excited about what I'm doing, that's who I want to connect with. Let's just forget the rest and let's just focus on that. Yeah. And so tell me about your your method or your framework for doing Oh, yeah. Okay. So. How do I want to talk about this? Let me think. Okay, so if we think about connection, that connection that we talked about, at the heart of that connection is about having the right conversation with the right people, right? Mm -hmm. And so to have that conversation, or in business terms, if you want to say it another way, it's to attract and keep your dream clients, the people you want to work with, then you need to understand who they are, what they want 
and why they want it, right? It's just the human nature. Like if you and I have met for the first time, we are at a cocktail party, we meet, what have you, you know, back when we were allowed to do such things, we immediately start looking for those common interests, those connection points that we have, and we explore those. It's just, it's what we do as humans. We want that connection. So it's the same thing for your business is like, you want to know who those people are. So my ideal customer discovery method really delivers that insight, if you will, of who that person is, what they want and why they want it, and then why they want to buy from you. And you do that through three fundamental questions, deceptively simple fundamental questions. Who? Who's your customer? Why do they care? Or said another way, what's in it for them? And then why you? Why do they want to buy from you versus someone else or buy from you versus doing nothing? And that is the heart of the methodology. And you know that methodology. And it seems so simple. And it is. But it's so powerful. What you get on the other end of it is just like eye-opening, right? Hey, this podcast is sponsored by my very own GIF and sticker making workshop. Turn your clients' videos into GIFs design branded stickers for Instagram stories, and master the art of making your own GIF for promo emails. This is fun unicorn magic that we can do behind the scenes easily for our clients. The workshop is one hour, just $17.99. The link is in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash GIF workshop. That's G-I-F workshop. Back to the show. So I really struggled with question number three, like, why me? Like, why would they want to buy from me? And then, you know, you have your head trash creeping in as the business owner and like you helped me flush that out of me and then deliver this final, what did we call it? Customer profile where Mm -hmm. you gave the answer to that question, like why choose Emily? And you basically gave like three different scenarios, like where this customer is and why I am the right choice at those points. And it's not like it was new to me, but it was honing in on who my perfect person was, honing in on where exactly they were and why they needed me. And it's been really tough for me because I can serve so many different women at different points, right? So I have really struggled with this, even though I did my typical ICA research, Amy Porterfield style, what, two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things have changed. I've gotten better. I've gotten more strategic with who my best students are. Like, who do I want to attract more of? But yeah, it sounds so dumb. But that third question where I got to talk about myself, yeah, uh, which is hard. Like sometimes in humble land, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't want to go there. I want to like avoid that question. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And one of the one of the secrets is that you don't answer that question in a vacuum. What you're really doing or what my role is, is for you to answer that question. And then my role is to see it from your customer's perspective. And I think that is where I step in and do something that you as the business owner can't always do for yourself because you're literally, you're too close to it. It's just, you're too down in the weeds, you know, too much. Whereas I can step back and say, why Emily from the customer's perspective? So there might be 20 reasons for Emily, but there are probably hmm, three or four that are most important to your person. And that's where you want to focus. Yeah. You know, and, and putting those two together. 
is where the, what I like to say is where the magic happens. It's like when you can put those two together. Yeah. So good. Carolyn is asking us a question. What is your feeling about having more than one ICA? So absolutely. Most people do have, well, I shouldn't say that. Not all. I don't necessarily have more than one ICA. So a couple things I want to say. It's possible that you have more than one ICA, but I think a lot of times we think we have more than one ICA and we really don't. So I'll try to dive into both of those. You could have two very different offerings and they could be for two very different kinds of people. And I'm trying to come up with a really great off the top of my head example here. You could have, let's just say you could have what's very popular in the online world. You could have a do-it-yourself offer that is for the person whose mindset is I'm willing to do the hard work. I'm willing to be accountable to myself and I know I'll do the work myself. You know, that I can take this, just guide me and then I want to run with it. Mm-hmm. And then you might have the person who is, no, I really need this done for me. Like hold my hand, do this for me. So those are two very different ICAs. Even though the subject may be the same, your ideal customer is different because what they're looking for, what their desire is, and their mindset is very different. Okay. So those may be different ideal customers. Now, the one where you think you have different ideal customers, but you don't. And without your prior permission, I'm going to use you as an example. Oh, please. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, You look like when we started talking, it looked like your ideal customer could come from multiple areas, multiple backgrounds. And that at first looked like maybe we're trying to talk to different people. But what we discovered is it didn't matter where they were coming from, actually, that there were their common characteristics for your ideal customer And it didn't matter where they came from. They all had these things in common. So it was really one ideal customer. And guess what? It didn't matter. You know, we didn't go down that road of, oh, she's female and she's 30 and she drives a late model SUV and she likes this TV show. Who cares? I mean, (laughs) okay, for some people, it matters for you. Your your product and your business, it wasn't relevant. And so that's the key to the who part is what's relevant to your business. And when you look at that question, I think you can start parsing out, is this really more than one person or is it just one person that might look different, but here's what's common across all of those types of people. Does that make sense? Did I answer your question? Okay. Totally did. And the only other ICA research training I had ever had was telling me to label my person and give her a name and put her in a box. And I'm like, but I, I couldn't, I was struggling. (laughs) I'm like, I can't do that. Yet when my peers talk to me about it, I'm like, oh, you don't have two people. You have this. (laughs) I'm like giving that advice out. I'm like, you have people at different businesses, but want the same thing. Right. But like, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's so much harder than it looks. I feel like talking about it, it sounds like, you know, stupid, silly, you know, but 
Um, I know, I know. It's just not. And it's so dang important that I think I knew that and had that extra pressure on me. And I, I had had some indicators that I had gone off on the wrong track with some of my marketing. So I really, really wanted to veer back on and attract that perfect student who's going to finish the course, say yes to clients, like scoop up the clients and like build her business. Like I needed that person. And that's why this was so important to me. But yeah, I don't think there's a lot of training about this. And I was like shocked. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, Denise. I went in a little skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> um, I told you in the, in the Linda, uh, Emily situation, I was the person right. being like, okay, okay. <laughs> let's move on. Let's All come right. on. Let's yeah. Move let's on. get to the good stuff. Let's get to the techie <laughs> stuff. You know, you yeah. know, my personality, but yeah. I was just blown away by some of the questions you asked on. So we first had like a 90 minute session. I filled yes. out a, an intake form, got a lot of stuff out verbally. And then we met and just the stuff that you came up with on the fly that got me thinking And there was like magic in those moments because you extracted it from me. And I don't always think I'm the best verbal processor, but I'm less guarded in that type of situation. And I was a little more free flowing when I go written, like I'm very careful, (laughs) you know? Right. Well, and I think I shared this with you is that the part of the um, method to my madness is that I do have you do my clients do this pre-work, which is all written. And that's very intentional. And then we jump on this call and it's all verbal. And that also is very intentional. And a lot of times I start or I always start with really the same place your written work started with the same questions, but rarely, I mean, they always diverge because when you are writing, literally the brain is processing differently when you're writing versus when you're talking. And when you're writing, I'm getting one set of answers from you. And when you're talking, I'm getting another layer of that same answer. And it's the combination of the two of those that is where the real insight comes from. So good. So what can we be doing as business owners, as VAs, like behind the scenes intentionally to help set us up for that situation where we understand our IC better? Like what should we be doing? Okay. So I think there's some key things that you can be doing. And the first, maybe the most important thing that you can do is, I think I'll just call this like mindset work. So, you know, we talked about earlier that all the tools, all the tactics, all social media, email campaigns, all of that, it's going to fail to deliver the results that you want or your customers looking for, unless you know exactly who you're selling to and why they are buying what you're selling. And actually, I should pause for a second and say, everything I'm about to say, or actually everything I've said during all of this, applies directly to your VAs, but also applies to their customers. So they can take all of this and apply to their own business, their own freelance business, or agency, whatever that is that they have set up but they can also bring it into their clients' businesses. And so this applies across the board. Okay, so if you are looking at this from a client point of view, you can be that strategic voice for your client. You know, you can ask those deceptively simple but powerful questions and start shifting really away from focusing on the what is being delivered or what is being sold to the customer's point of view. So away from the what and shifting to the why. 
So why does your customer want this? Why do they care? Or, you know, what's in it for them? And so when you start shifting away from those nitty gritty details, from the what to the why, it really gives you this, I don't have a better word for it right now, other than like mindset shift of putting the customer first, looking at this from the customer's perspective. And as someone coming in from the outside, it's something that you can do way more easily than the actual business owner. Because as the business owner, we are so excited about our product and we have put so much work into this thing and we love it. And we just want to talk about it all the time but we really shouldn't be leading with that. We need to lead with the customer and make that connection. And so you as the outsider, you as the contractor, you as the freelancer coming in can help bring that customer perspective to help bring that into the conversation. And, you know, you can infuse these ideas into your client work and it can be the really bold, assertive, uh, hey, you're missing the point. What about the customer? Or it can be the more subtle, you know, asking those customer-centric questions or making that suggestion of starting to ask why. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, this is a really good time to talk about the freebie that I know you've linked to, but I'm thinking about this. So I've created this product or this download, and it's really just, it's, I think the title is 10 crazy simple hints to attract your ideal customers with ease. And it's really about making this mindset shift from what to why and the really simple, easy ways you can start doing that. So I say download this thing and just use it, run with it, like take it into your clients' businesses. And look, I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't be a proper business owner if I didn't say this, that download and these first easy steps are not going to replace that like really deep understanding that I do with customers, but it doesn't mean that you can't start today. Like just take these simple things and just start today in your own business for your customer's business. See where it leads you. Like just start asking the questions. Give me an example of one of the hints on here. Okay. You don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're testing my memory. I have, I don't have it in front of me. Let, let's see how good I am. Does she, know, yeah. Does she know her own work? <laughs> okay. So this is one of my favorite ones. And I actually don't remember if this is a hint or if it's an exercise. Cause at the end of this um, download, I do include some exercises. Oh, okay. So, okay, go do this. This might be one of the exercises, but it's one of my favorites. And it's the uh, challenge to, can you create a piece of content that absolutely serves your customer? It addresses that question What's in it for them? Why do they care? And can you do it with never actually naming or talking about your own product or service? Ooh. Okay. Here's the why this works. It forces you to ask the question, what do I know that is of use to my customer and how can I deliver that knowledge to them? End of sentence. How can I deliver that knowledge to them? It doesn't mean how can I pitch my product? How can I sell anything? It's how can I be of use to them? So for example, my own, which by the way, totally created on accident, 
what I mean is I did not set out to create a thing. I just set out to answer the question. What is my customer? What do I know that could be helpful to my customer? And it's now turned into probably my most requested piece of content. And that is this little manifesto, if you will. And it's in the it's in the free guide. It's a little manifesto of sales and marketing are not the same thing. That's what it started with that. It started on Instagram. Sales and marketing are not the same thing. We like to use them as a single term. I'm guilty of it. Rolls right off your tongue, sales and marketing. But they're two very distinct functions, and the distinction is different. Sales is about your product. Marketing is about your customer. Actually, I'll amend that and say great marketing or effective marketing is about your customer. So sales is about your product. Marketing is about your customer. Marketing creates the demand. Sales cashes in on that demand. So market better to sell more. That was it. It's like four or five little tiles that I put together on a carousel on Instagram. And like I say, it has now turned into my most requested piece of content. Not once did I talk about ideal customer. Not once did I talk about anything that I do, but it was useful information from someone who either, ah, there you go. There it is. I remember reading it. I remember being like, dang, that's good. And want to know a funny story? I'm like typing your little um, description today and I put sales and marketing. And I thought somebody told me not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And here's the beauty of it. As I'm putting this together, I'm thinking this is For the business owner who doesn't have marketing experience, this is teaching them something. It is also for the business owner who is a marketing expert and has forgotten the fundamental and just needs to be reminded. And so it addressed my ideal customer, what was important to them, and I delivered something of value to them without it being about me. So. That's one of my favorite exercises is that challenge of think about your customer, what's important to them, what do you know that you can deliver to them, and don't mention your product. Oh, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to yeah. get your freebie and try it. Yeah. And then I want you to share it with me, like tag me on Instagram or something, because I want to see them. I love them. I oh my love gosh love these. Yes. Everybody here do that. And this is actually at the core of some social media strategy in general. So like, this is like helping you out in all different areas. So I love it. Yeah. I'm right. up for and, it. and guess what it's doing? I mean, to just pull this full circle, it's making that connection. It's you remembering there's a human being on the other end. I want to connect with them. Yeah. Let's start the conversation. This starts a conversation, which is what you're trying to do. Love it. So what about that traditional research people do where they get on the phone and talk to like 20 different people? Do you advise doing that? Yes and no. So I think that there's market research, which I know very little about. And this is the real traditional market research. And um, the bigger the company, the more you know, detailed product you have, especially if you think about consumer goods. Absolutely. There's this whole industry around market research. And then there's ideal customer research. And I think the two are very different. Traditional market research 
is really about the parameters of maybe a vertical market that you're looking at. So, you know, if you're going to do a finance product, well, let's go look at the finance industry or personal finance industry, whatever that is. Whereas ideal customer research is more or is not more about, it is all about your specific customers. So this is something that you cannot do until you actually have paying customers. You can do a version of it. You can do a light version of it to make those real educated guesses up front. But the real true ideal customer research does not happen until you have paying customers. And the whole idea of the ideal customer research through customer interviews, which is what we're talking about, actually getting on the phone with someone, it is about that customer's experience specifically with you. It's about you saying, hey, I loved working with this person. I mean, I loved working with them and they got more out of my stuff than the average customer. And so I want more people just like them. Like this is your super user, your perfect fit. You're like, this is who I want to work with. Okay, well, let's go talk to that person. (laughs) Let's find out like, why was this such a good match? And those customer interviews are then focused on answering those questions we talked about. Who is this person relevant to me, relevant to my work? Who were they before they started looking for me, you know, or before we started working together? And what drove them to look for a solution? What drove them to look for something new? What drove them to just even start asking questions? Then what about me attracted? them to me. And so you just go down this road. I'm kind of bubbling this, but this customer interview is really about who is this person? Why did they care about what you were selling? And then why did they choose you? And that is the heart of that customer interview question and their that conversation. And there's such um, nuance in doing it so that it doesn't feel like this interrogation and it doesn't feel like You're just trying to pull something from them. It's this curiosity, you know? Okay, sorry. I rambled completely about that. Rain me in. (laughs) No, that was actually really good. And I I think that makes sense why I needed help with from you two years ago. Because I did the beta launch, like I say research, you know, kind of like prematurely. But yet it had to happen. It had to happen. Um, Some people use it as a qualifier to even make the product. But this makes so much more sense to me in the scope you just talked about, like talking to your best students after the offer is out there. And I've actually helped on the back end with my clients doing this because they don't have time to get on the phone with people. And sometimes people are a little bit more open with a third person. And this is kind of like the heart of this interview. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to make our unicorns even more powerful and magical if they can bring this asset and this knowledge, the skill set to the table and be able to keep this in mind with everything they're doing and offer that more than just an exit survey. I mean, at minimal like that, you know, stuff like that can help and collecting uh, the voice of customer data, all that stuff can help you. But ultimately I felt like I got the most answers when I talked to people on a phone call or on a zoom. Absolutely. It has to be. So ideal customer interviews have to be in person and in person meaning phone or zoom or whatever it needs to be person to person it's the only because it really is a conversation you're looking for the nuances you're looking to be able to follow you know some spark 
And so you can't do that with a survey. You can't do that in an email. It has to be that live thing. And, you know, nobody on this live will believe this, but it is, you know, is, I don't know the scout thing, whatever that boy scout thing is, you know, scouts honor that little hand sign is that you didn't know this, like this wasn't planned, but I am about to drop a new product. And it's a brand new product for me. That is exactly this is this customer interview quick start guide is what I call it. And it will literally step you by as a step-by-step guide of how to conduct customer interviews for your ideal customers. And it goes from who do you want to interview because you don't want to interview everyone. Who do you want to interview? How do you request the interview, including a swipe file? Just take this. Here's how you ask for it. How do you prepare for the interview? What questions to ask and how to ask them? The how part is really important. Mm -hmm. And then how to analyze and distill all the goodness that you get from those interviews and then put them into your actual business. And that is going to drop. I'm looking at my calendar. I'm looking let's say the end of this month, that'll become available. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So exciting. So this is basically a guide for someone to do the research themselves, do it effectively and walk them completely through the process. So they don't have to. Yeah. So you're not making up, you know what to ask. And that is probably the most important part for a customer interview is being confident that you are going to know the right things to ask and to keep you focused. Yeah. To remember, this isn't just some feel-good conversation. It actually has a purpose. And let's yeah. make sure you're getting what you need from it. And yeah. you don't want to sound like the mall survey, you know, the <laughs> unemotional, robotic, yeah. like, next question. Like, I don't even hear what you said. <laughs> this is exactly. so good. Oh, my exactly. gosh. I yeah. am excited for you for this because I was so impressed by some of the questions you asked and I think that that was helpful. Like asking, knowing what that next follow-up question was just to juggle a little more. So you were like, you amazed me at that. Thank you. I mean, I I thought that was the gift. And I think you found a way to like help everybody without you, just you doing all of the work yourself. So this is amazing. And then like what to do with it afterward. I mean, all of that's like key in business. Like, okay, you did the work. Now what? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, what exactly? I mean, and so for your folks, I'm just thinking about this as we're talking. For your folks, this is great. I mean, they can do it for their own business, but my gosh, to be able to walk into your client and say, We need some real like insight from real life customers. Who did you love working with? Let me go talk to them for you. Yeah. I know exactly what to ask them. I know exactly what we're looking for. And here's how we're going to use it. Here's how we're going to plug it back into the business so that we can connect to more people just like those dream clients. Yes. That's pretty powerful. This is one of the ways you stand out. I talk a lot about on the back end, collecting testimonials and going above and beyond for your client in that moment, because they're they're in the weeds. They're not always thinking about that big picture. So when you have those unicorn set, digital marketing knowledge, like you're thinking about that at all times. And this is the stuff at the beginning that is very problematic when a launch goes south, when people aren't buying as much and you can come back and help them revisit this and do the work. Again, there's not enough people to help do the work right now. And this is one of those like very much in demand tasks 
that, I mean, I don't know, someone could even, you know, niche down and helping them conduct these interviews. That could be like the only thing they do if they're a people person. Like, absolutely. You found your, your realm, like this could be a whole nother service. Right. (laughs) And well, and I mean, to that point, there are folks who come to me and say, I haven't done those kind of conversations with my clients. Could you do them for me? I don't want to say yes to that. Send them my way. (laughs) Right. Right. I don't want to say yes to that because that's not the part I love. Yeah. But it's critical. You have to have had those conversations in some form in order for us to do good work together. So I'm like, oh my gosh, if you have people who who could use my questions and my, my philosophy and find those answers. I was just like, yeah, go hire that person oh and gosh. then come back and talk to me. Yeah. We just like have a joint venture now. We I'll, just I'll, did. I'll give, I'll give you a list of like vetted unicorns. Like, this is what I do, girl. Yeah. <laughs> On the fly. I'll give you the people who are hungry to do the work and like it and you can um, refer them. Yeah. And that is totally unscripted, unplayed. <laughs> This is how, but this is a perfect example, Emily, of how this business works. This is about knowing what you're really good at, knowing what you don't want to do, which again is all part of Ideal Customer. Who do I want to work with? What kind of work do I want to do with them? And then just ignoring the rest. And by ignoring it, I mean, hey, that's still needed. So I'm going to partner up with that person because that's what they're great at. And so, I mean, for your folks, have these conversations like they're so important. Don't be afraid to say, I don't do that or I don't want to do that, but I know someone who can. I know how to get it done. It's just not going to be me. Yeah. You know, that's been part of my little, I call it my spiel when Mm -hmm. somebody inquires about working with me. And my answer is like, if I can't do it, I'll help you find someone who can. Like, I feel like, and yeah. that, like, ultimately that's what the business owner is looking for. And I'm becoming their go-to person to help. And I think that's absolutely how I have built this business and why I have my work group, my referral groups for, you know, women to help each other out because we get clear, we learn real quick. Yes. We don't do social media or we don't that's do right. Facebook ads or design or something. So well, this is exactly right. amazing. I think it's yes. so insightful and helpful. I encourage everyone to check out her 10 crazy simple hints to attract customers. Like go check that out. Start applying it for your own self. It will help with what to post on Instagram for yourself, which we yes. all struggle with, it sounds like. And then watch out for when, what did you call it? Your quick start guide? It's a quick start guide, customer interviews or customer interviews, yeah. quick start guide. And you know, I'm just going to commit right now whatever the last day of this month is, is is a 30th or a 31? I don't know what month we're in. March 31, 31. You got an next. Okay. There you go. 31. By March 31, it will be live to purchase. It'll be a download on my website. All right. I'm committing right now. Yeah. And if you (laughs) sign up for the freebie, you will get an email about that. You will get an email. We'll come back here, remind me, and we'll post it in the group because I just think this would be such a good resource for people. um, Absolutely. For for the business owners and their team. So, And I don't have the exact price yet, but it's going to be, I mean, this will be an affordable, quick download. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Love that. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure and we'll be in touch. All right. Thanks, Emily. All right. Bye. (laughs) 
that's all we have today. I encourage you to go check out Denise's freebie, 10 Crazy Simple Hints to Attract Your Ideal Customers with Ease. This will help you in your client work. This will help you with attracting your own ideal clients for your freelance business. Now, if you love this interview and you love learning from other entrepreneurs and freelancers, I encourage you to go join my free Facebook community where we have a weekly interviews like this, where we have weekly guest experts, and it can be a two-way live conversation and you can ask questions. I really would love to have you over there. Now, since we're getting into the summer, this is the perfect time for me to catch up and spend some time with my family. I've got some big personal life events happening, like, I don't know, the beach. The beach is calling my name. But I am going to keep having weekly podcasts, and we are going to go into all guest interviews the next couple of weeks. Truth be told, we're backlogged. I have a lot of good expert interviews we've done in the Facebook group that I need to bring over here to the podcast so you can hear them on your own time, doing whatever you're doing, walking, cleaning dishes. I don't know. Maybe you just listen to podcasts while you work. I like to do them when I'm driving. So this is a great way for you to catch up on some of the interviews and not miss a beat. And it also gives me and my team a little bit of a break. And yeah, so next week we are going to kick off this summer with a really good episode about self-care with a business mastermind coach and a life coach and a licensed therapist. Jen RU is going to be in the house and what she has to share is amazing. We all need to hear this, especially kicking off the summer and remembering to take care of ourselves. Okay, that was a little long-winded. So stay tuned. The next couple of months are going to be all guests. You're going to learn so much. We have website designers. We have data analytics. We have automation experts. We have a stylist. We have an Instagram expert. We have a copywriter. And we have a podcast promotion expert all coming up this summer. You're going to love it. You're going to get your learn on and hopefully you're going to get your beach time in. All right. I'll see you next week. I'll see you over in the Facebook group. Bye. If you're ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become the unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. Before we go any further, can you guys see both of us on the screen? I have never done a live um, Zoom and I feel like when I look over at Facebook, I'm panicking a little bit because I just see my own face. I want you to be able to see Denise. This is really embarrassing. My hair thing just popped. <laughs> that's okay. I felt it like crunching. I'm like, just, <laughs> I'm just going to tuck my hair back up. Like that's kind of embarrassing.